0: The uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have estimated as of 2019 that uh, about 37 million Americans have uh, have diabetes, maybe a quarter of them not aware that they have it. Diabetes remains the leading cause of blindness in the U.S. for people younger than 75, uh, the leading cause of kidney failure in the U.S. as well.
1: November is Diabetes Awareness Month, and with that, as a patient, I always believe that you have to be your biggest advocate for your wellness, and so no harm, no foul, just start that conversation with your primary care provider. Those annual labs can tell a whole lot and if there's a certain level that looks a little out of whack, they can refer you to any specialty care and that early detection really can be key.
2: It's time for another edition of Valley Health Check with Horizon Health. Informative, wonderful podcasts all up at MyMixFM.com. You can browse through from one to the next and get some useful information. Also, to the right of the page, if you have a question or would like something uh, for us to chat about, uh, you can submit that as well. And we have uh, some great guests in the studio from Horizon Health. We have back Mackenzie Smokestead. Mackenzie, how are you today?
1: I'm great. Thanks so much for having us back, Kevin.
2: Well, it's a pleasure. Erin, I think she's on a Disney tour Uh, Broadway? Is that right. what she's doing these yeah.
1: days? Even on ice, I think, she's doing. So. <laughs> Aaron on ice. Yes. I like that.
2: <laughs> but it's it's good to see you again. Today, we have a doctor with us today, Dr. Rico from Horizon Health. One thing I noticed, Doc, we'll get to what you do there. I noticed you were in the Newburgh-Evansville area for a while, and uh, that's where I was for about 10, 12 years. Oh, wow. My first son was born there, so that kind of stuck out to me.
0: Okay, Yeah, I spent, uh, spent a couple years in uh, in the Evansville area and still have... Patients making the trip to see me from there.
2: Well, that's awesome. Now, we we look at what you do. You provide specialty care for patients with diabetes, thyroid issues, other hormonal disorders, care for patients age five and older. Is that a pretty good description of what you do? Yeah, maybe even younger than that.
0: Okay. Currently. Wow. At big academic medical centers, you know, if you go to Indianapolis or St. Louis or Chicago, you know, pediatric endocrinology is much more common. But, you know, out here in the community, lots of adult endocrinologists like me take care of pediatric
2: patients as well. Got you. Okay. So uh, endocrinologist now, so pretty much the description I gave, is that what it pretty much encompasses?
0: Yeah. Endocrinology is really this uh, branch of medicine and biology that deals with uh, hormones, these uh, chemical messengers, if you will, that are produced uh, in glands
2: and circulate throughout the blood circulation to distant targets. So diabetes, that is something Mm. that's, well, pretty much a household term now, probably more prevalent than it has been in the past. Right. How common is diabetes now? Uh,
0: Unfortunately, more and more common every year, it seems like. The uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention have estimated as of 2019 that uh, about 37 million Americans have, uh, have diabetes, maybe a quarter of them not aware that they
2: have it. That's amazing. And I know just from in the workplace, uh, family, friends, it's more common knowledge. uh, And it's something that I would assume that has to be taken seriously.
0: Yes, yes. The uh, effects of exposure to high blood sugars over time is uh, really pretty serious. You know, diabetes remains the leading cause of blindness in the U.S. for people younger than 75. uh, The leading cause of kidney failure in the U.S. as well. Wow, Wow. That sounds serious.
1: So of that thirty seven million um that figure that you mentioned, is there a specific subset of the population that is targeted by? diabetes i guess you would say or you see it more often
0: yeah there's certain groups that seem to uh, have more of an issue with uh, uh, risk of diabetes certainly in older patients, 65 mm-hmm. and older um, in certain uh, ethnicities it seems to be an undue uh, uh, incidence of uh, of diabetes that is larger than the public in
2: general is diabetes a sugar disease
0: well, uh, we, we think of, in general, diabetes uh, being related to elevated levels of, of uh, blood sugar, and it's the exposure to high blood sugar over time that causes these classic diabetic complications with the feet, the kidneys, and the eyes. The American Diabetes Association will go on to define you know, essentially four categories of, of diabetes. Uh, the smallest group are the, the type 1 patients, patients that go through an autoimmune reaction and they lose the ability to produce insulin. So for those patients, the only treatment that works for them is, is insulin, and uh, we'll put in a, a, a plug for 2022 as the hundredth uh, year anniversary of uh, of insulin. The first human patient received insulin in Toronto in January 1922. Very cool. No kidding. Um, before that, it was literally a death sentence for every patient with uh, with type one diabetes. Mm-hmm. The largest group are the patients with type two, or you know what used to be called uh, adult onset diabetes or insulin resistant diabetes. So patients Patients that still produce insulin, often they produce uh, much more insulin than a non-diabetic person, but they don't use the insulin efficiently to lower blood sugars. So those patients also have uh, exposure to high blood sugars over time, which can result in many of the same complications. But in those patients, the goal of therapy is to make them more sensitive to their own insulin. And many of those patients um, do very well without
2: uh, without insulin. That makes a great deal of sense to me. I mean, you talk about type 1 and type 2 and 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 the differences. I think a lot of people are confused by that, but uh, the type one seems to be the more severe uh, of the two.
0: Yeah, the names are a little bit unfortunate. Uh, In the old days, we used to talk about juvenile onset diabetes where it was young kids or teenagers or college-age students that would develop a more severe form of diabetes and and have an absolute requirement for insulin. And then we talked about adult onset diabetes with patients who are middle-aged, maybe a little bit overweight, and they would have uh, a less severe form of the disease that would respond better to lifestyle changes. Unfortunately, today, um, you know, we see older and Older patients that uh, have an autoimmune reaction go on to lose the ability to produce insulin. I have seen newly diagnosed patients older than age 60. Okay. Wow! So it's tough to call them juvenile onset. Um, at have- the same time, we see younger and younger patients as well that have the insulin resistant form, a true adult type 2 diabetes, even in kids that are six and seven. Wow. So the old names don't don't mean much anymore. I gotcha. Well, well,
2: how long have you been doing this, doctor?
0: Well, I finished my uh, fellowship training in endocrinology uh, in 2012. So I've been in independent practice since that time.
2: So let's look back throughout the years. What have you what have you seen that has changed? Has the demographics been a, a, is there something that sticks out from when you first started doing this to let's say today that you've seen a big difference?
0: Well, we are smarter than ever about the role of blood sugar control and management of patients with uh, diabetes. Many, many years ago, patients with diabetes, whether they were type one or type two, were routinely told if they live long enough, they could expect to go blind and end up on dialysis and suffer amputations. And, and thankfully we know that's not true at all. So in in 1993, it was proven for the first time in a clinical trial, a landmark trial called the Diabetes Control and Complications Trial uh, with a group of of type 1 patients. It was demonstrated if their hemoglobin A1C, which is a marker of average blood sugars over time, if they could be held below a target of 7% or an average of around 150 milligrams per deciliter, that those patients did not develop the classic complications of diabetes at any faster rate than the public in general. That sounds incredibly obvious today. It was not widely accepted 30 years ago. It's been proven in thousands and thousands of patients since that time. So really the message is everything is about blood sugars, the No patient with diabetes is doomed to develop horrific complications as long as their blood sugar control is within target.
2: And as this rolls along, I can only assume an improved and increased number of management options if they are faced with this. We're at a time now where I I can assume that they can get the care they need a little bit better than we could say 10 to 15 years ago.
0: Yeah, no question. There's many, many uh, options for medical management that are available with both insulins and non-insulin medications alike, and in fact, it's a very exciting time for people in medicine that are managing patients with diabetes, as we have more, uh, not only more options than ever to offer them, but the medications have become so good that we are able to focus not only on, um, you know, efficacy with controlling blood sugars and low risk of hypoglycemia, which were always the targets, but now the newer medications have other protective qualities. They can be protective of the heart and protective of the kidneys above and beyond their effect on blood sugars. So it's a very exciting time for uh, physicians and other providers that manage patients with diabetes. There's so much more to offer them than even just a few years ago.
2: I can only assume someone that's listening to this, I mean, like anything medically, there are folks that are intimidated and maybe a little scared to maybe take that first step to maybe see their primary to ask questions and then make their way to the person they need to speak to about this. What would you tell someone that that's maybe a little skittish? Is there some kind of signs that they might be, it might be they first stages?
1: Sure. Any symptoms they might be experiencing that could relate or even make that marker for a pre-diabetic condition. Right.
0: Well, the very name diabetes comes from an old Greek word for increased urination. I mean, it it literally means to run through like a siphon. Wow. Uh, So as far back as, you know, maybe 1500 BC, you know, the uh, ancient Egyptians described people that their bodies seemed to melt into a pool of sugar water. So even though they didn't know what it was, it certainly existed at that time. Mm. And then later the the term uh, mellitus, which uh, comes from a Latin word that means sweet because the urine contains sugar. But the classic symptoms of of diabetes, whether it's type 1 or type 2, really focuses on increased urination and and being thirsty. And it doesn't often make sense to patients. Uh, What we explain to them is that in the presence of elevated blood sugars, the kidneys try to do what they can to offload the extra sugar. They start to produce a lot more urine. So urine frequency goes up markedly. And then that can be so severe that the patient becomes dehydrated. And then, you know they
2: can't get enough to drink by mouth no matter how much they take in that's that's good to know mm-hmm. i mean I, I would much rather go talk to my primary with these issues find out it's something else uh, but but i think you, you need to make that step because I, i've been told at one point in my life that i was pre-diabetic so i can only assume when you're, you can see that you're on that avenue. There is a way to divert and, and by living a better life and, and, and uh, eating and taking care of yourself a little better, there is a way to get right to where it doesn't get worse.
0: No, that's absolutely true. Uh, lifestyle modifications are the foundation of what we offer patients. Uh, improved attention on nutrition as well as physical activity are worth a lot and, and yeah. people don't give up on them because they don't work. You know, They, right. they kind of get tired of doing them. But we do remind patients that the biology behind this is very powerful and and it's not punishment for being a bad person. I I meet so many patients and, you know, they've been, you know, kind of browbeat by either family members or friends that are well-meaning but misinformed and... Sure. Uh, essentially imply that, you know, if you had more self-discipline, this wouldn't be a problem. And that's a little bit misguided. I mean, okay. all of us, in, including physicians, can do a better job with lifestyle modifications. But um, the truth is, the again, the biology behind this is very powerful and, and uh, few people are going to make it long-term with just
2: lifestyle alone. And if you find yourself listening to this and you have a question regarding this topic, you know, feel free to submit that in. We'll get back to you and, uh, to, you know, get you on the right road. And that's all we want with these segments that you get the information you need. And and uh, Dr. Rico, some really good stuff. Now, do you see in the near future, uh, as far as treating One or two, do you see it getting even better in the near future? How do you see it progressing?
0: Yeah, we have, um, you know, it's a little bit of a dilemma because we do have better medical management options than ever to offer patients. We're smarter than we've ever been about the role of blood sugar control. But certainly there's no denying that the number of patients affected by this are growing every year. I have talked to lots of my uh, primary care colleagues and, and often they have you know, the opinion that uh, if they're asked, what could they do that might help with management of of diabetes patients? And frequently the response is something along the lines of, uh, we should get more endocrinologists so we can refer them all out. And of all the options that are available, that's not very realistic. Right. Um, The the, uh, Endocrine Society about 10 years ago had estimated that there's about 4,800 clinically active endocrinologists in the US. And we just said there's 37 million people with diabetes. So the, (laughs) the harsh, reality is most patients with diabetes will never see an endocrinologist in their lifetime, even though many of them would benefit from that. So the flip side is we really do depend on our primary care colleagues, whether they're family medicine docs, internists, um, uh, OB-GYNs, even pediatricians, you know, people that practice primary care. I mean, the, the, the future is really up to up to them. And the, again, the good news is that the medications are so much better than the, what they were a few years ago that there's lots of options where uh, patients can and should be very capably managed by
2: primary care. Well, that's awesome. And I think information is also beneficial, and that's what these podcasts are all about.
1: I just want to plug that November is Diabetes Awareness Month. And with that, as a patient, I always believe that you have to be your biggest advocate for your wellness. And so no harm, no foul, just starting that conversation with your primary care provider. Those annual labs can tell a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And if there's a certain level that looks a little out of whack, they can refer you to any specialty care. And that early detection really can be key.
2: And that's exactly how I found out that I was pre. It was going to my primary mm-hmm. and just getting you know, the blood work and everything done. Let's take a look and see how you're doing. Where are you? And, uh, that's it, Doctor Rico. Such a pleasure, endocrinologist, Horizon Health. Anything uh, you want to leave us with as we wrap up? Uh,
0: just to follow up to Mackenzie's comments. Again, uh, the entire uh, month of November is uh, recognized as American Diabetes Month to raise awareness. November fourteenth is a very special day. That's World Diabetes Day that uh, marks the uh, birth date of uh, uh, Sir Frederick Banting, who was one of the Nobel Prize winners in in Toronto, associated with the discovery of insulin in nineteen twenty.
2: And that would just changed everything, didn't it? Sure did. Well, Dr. Rico, thank you so much. Kenzie, always a pleasure. The great thing about Valley Health Check, you can always go back, re-listen, check it out at mymixfm.com. Don't forget and go to myhorizonhealth.org to get all the information you need with them. Valley Health Check with Horizon Health. Guys, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Well, thanks for having us.
1: Thanks so much, Kevin.